By the way, I know our theme was entitlement. Mm-hmm. And I definitely forgot that, like, two pages into my notes because I just got really into whatever the fuck I'm into here. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> Do I have a name? Why would you need one? Starbucks must be. I'm a fucking magician. Not the library story. It's our story. This story belongs to a lot more people than you think. What did you do? Minor Mindy. Hello, this is Catherine, your fellow uh, time travel expert of the podcast. Got a PhD in, in horomancy. <laughs> And I'm I'm Jasper. I've got a doctorate in Marina Studies. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think I only had a master's before. Uh, a lot of people. Well, we haven't seen each other, um, the both of us, since last time we recorded. It won't show in the in the in the feed since we've been recording in advance. But it's been for us like a month since we haven't like seen each other face to face. Oh yeah. <laughs> as far as they know, it's only been a week. Yeah, exactly. But mean, meanwhile, uh, that's why I wanted to do it, the, like start pre-recording during the pandemic because yes. I knew it would happen like this. Because we have mental illness. <laughs> Yay! Also, I have a very exciting announcement for the podcast and oh. something. I have an important announcement followed by something everyone is expecting. Okay, go ahead. So, I got a microphone. Yahoo! I can't figure out how to use it. <laughs> yeah. And now everyone pretend you're surprised. Yes. <laughs> um, so to, uh, today's uh, theme is entitlement. Uh, as you said, you forgot midway into taking your notes. But I was wondering if you had a story. No, the, 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 do you want a crazy story or a simple story? The story you want. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is um, people's entitlement to see me right now. Okay. Ever since I got out of the hospital, people have felt entitled to see me because I'm sick and hurt. Mm. It's a fu- I woke up one day and my cousin was in my house. What the hell? Yes. She wanted to see me. I'd been in the hospital. I should be glad people love me and want to see me. So there was a pandemic. They were doing it for themselves more. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. they were they were justifying it because it was me. Mm. Have you asked me what I want? Yeah, aren't you immunocompromised? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I haven't left my, like, I leave my house to go to the doctor and sometimes a thrift store and that's it. Yep. Covered in a mask and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's my entitlement story. Yeah, I think that I, everyone's entitled to my opinion. I think that it's important, especially like like you say in the pandemic, to reevaluate where we think our entitlement are towards others. Uh, and if 
what we think we're if what we're doing is for others or to make ourselves feel better it's a bit like wearing masks i know it's uh, it's it's an issue here but it's not as much of an issue that it is in the us the face you're making says, says it all um got, which is great i got yelled at for wearing a mask yeah like here uh, basically you government go- propaganda yeah here we basically you get yelled at if you don't wear one uh it's it's by law we have a law here um here's the thing a lot of the time even when there's not a pandemic during flu season shit i wear a mask anyway yeah because i'm immunocompromised but the thing is i saw this sign amazing i don't remember where it says like you're entitled not to wear a mask but we're entitled to say that we don't want you here i am entitled to safety Exactly. You're entitled to say to your cousin, I don't feel safe right now. Yeah. And businesses are entitled. I was I was a bartender. I ran a whole bar. I'm not entitled to serve a goddamn person. Mm-hmm. If you're not wearing a mask, they're entitled to kick you out. You ain't entitled to shit. Exactly. You're entitled to not wear a mask, but assume the consequences. Exactly. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom from consequences. Amen. Um, and I, it's funny because I, like I, I say a lot, um, I've been saying that a lot, how I choose randomly the teams and it ends up like really showing in the episode, only shit in this episode. Like, I think all my things are about entitlement, so it's okay if you don't. Oh, I think I can relate them all back to it. I just have like, I've got 10, I'm going to just let everyone know. I have, I not only have 10 pages of notes, but I don't know if you can see they're color coded. Yeah, the podcaster can see, yeah, the, the listener can see that. Well, I'm just going to be, see with your ears, see with your ears, they're color-coded. Yeah, they're really, they're... By character, because um, I got tired of sorting through and trying to figure out which character was which. I'm like, Yeah, I think I should do that, too. I just uh, got fancy new pins. <laughs> so, basically, we have thing happening in Modesto, thing happening with Penny and uh, Marina, and thing ha- uh, and thing happening with Quentin and Julia. Oh, and thing and happening with Hillary. So four places. And I just I just want to say real quick, this is literally either my favorite episode or my second favorite episode. It's tied with twenty three. Mm-hmm. But I this is one of the first times I've liked every single story and been invested in every single storyline. Yeah, rewatching it. It's like the third time I rewatched this episode. I just fell back in love with every oh character. They, oh, yeah. they were so much. Where where are we starting? Because there was just so. We're gonna start with a thirty second recap. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like all over the place. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> okay, um... I've got my I've got my stopwatch pulled up actually. <laughs> so do you want to start or I start? Oh, I thought you, oh, okay. Cuz um um I've got one but it's it's not 30 seconds and it's just me repeating Gay Marina, Gay Marina, Gay Marina for You're about You're going to have to do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Ready um, and go. 
So uh, Marina and Penny are kidnapped by Stopper to go back in their timeline and they were like, what? And he's like, yeah, fuck you. And he, my mom is dying. They're like, not my problem. And they tried to go back, but then Penny meets himself and he's like, what the fuck? And the other was like, yeah, yo. And then uh, meanwhile, Alice is in Modesto and start to heal from her trauma. And uh, Margot is just a bitch for no reason. Uh, Fanny's cute in a yellow dress. And uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, there's a mummy. And what's that? I don't remember. Yeah, that, that's fitting. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think that works. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Go. Penny and Marina have very different mommy issues, and they both have very different issues in general, but they're learning each other. Um, Josh really kind of comes into his own and knows Margot better than Margot knows Margot. And um, Alice gets to fall back in love with magic and remember why she liked it in the first place, and the monster's on drugs. Yeah. And they left a fucking mummy in the... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, it's, it, does he, what's he doing now? Does he have a job? <laughs> Well, let's start with them since it's a small, smaller story. Okay. Uh, Quentin and Julia. It starts with um, basically Quentin explaining, hey, Elias is alive, I think. And I like he said, right now, I don't think we can fix anything, but everything, but this I can, which is big for Quentin because usually you want to fix the world. It is. Uh, and Quentin's, Quentin still wants to fix the world, but his world is Elliot, and that's what he wants to fix right now. But I also take a minute to awe. <laughs> but I also think like um, Julia is letting Quentin wanting to have this moment of like let's fix because she understands that he loves him without saying it, and it's like okay, he's entitled to want to save. Like it's not it's not a I want to save Alice season two. It's it's that, and I feel like Julia's also got this conflict because she's for once in her life. Julia is the one thinking logically in a situation. Yeah. She's not just Julia go on three. She's like, look, we've fought gods before. I especially have got some issues regarding fighting gods and losing that. Uh... But do, do you think that she's entitled to her, um, her not wanting to help? I think her not wanting to help. And it, I don't know if it, if it's just me like reading too much into it which is just this whole podcast is me reading too much into it but I feel like part of why Julia is saying this way is relating back to her trauma with yeah. Our Lady Underground and Reynard and her experience with the gods is not, it's not good it's not I gone think, well but the thing is she's like I'm powerless. I'm not useful. That was Jasper's uh, knuckle, by the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I have really bad carpal tunnel right now. <laughs> and uh, but, I'll do that a lot. But yeah, um, I think that right now she doesn't... Um, Julia always associate magic with power, with being strong. And I think that that's what I love about... Quentin saying you're gonna you're one of the most powerful X-Men. That's what I was gonna say. There's this beautiful and this is they they do this a lot where they relate back to and this actually comes up again later, but they relate back to fantasy and old comfort. I know I yes. posted on Twitter uh, the other day, X-Men Evolution is on Disney Plus. That's a what? I, all of it is on Disney Plus. <laughs> it's my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> um 
but it, it's a comfort show for me because it's something I watched as a kid. I grew up with X-Men, yeah. so it's saying, you know, you're one of the most powerful X-Men is... If someone said that to me, I'd be like, you know what? I am so much better than Scott Summers. Oh, yeah. I may not be able to do much, but at least I, I don't I shoot yeah. lasers out of my I, eyes. I think like they went back to their them their who they were when they were a kid. That's why she went like and Dexter Chris, choo choo choo, choo. like and playing like, pretend immediately. Exactly, and I think she and needed it, that. And it wasn't fillery. Yes. They went back to an old fantasy comfort, but it wasn't fillery because fillery's not gonna provide that. It's and and I'm I, I'm sorry, but like uh, Diamond Frost, uh, she's one of the like most powerful X Men that exists in the universe. I'm not really well versed in X Men, but I know that. <laughs> I want to be Quicksilver. Yeah, but I know that's that because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Also, um, by the way, our viewer, no one can like see it, but I've got my my uh, marina hair going on. Yeah, I saw. Five. I like that. I made a mistake. Oh, no, I like it. Um, oh. and then they go in the museum because they're trying to find the the Egyptian god of yellow fruit. You know, because you do, and the monsters show hammered. I want to and be I... the god of yellow fruit. Like, oh, just, yeah. I have this one thing, it's yellow fruit. Exactly. I, <laughs> no one fucks with me, because I'm useless. <laughs> but yeah, it's the the, show, the monster will, it will show up hammered, basically. And I was wondering, why is he hammered? Since the last time we saw him, it was a big victory. We found out about, like, the body, and, like... I have a theory, but I want to hear what you think. I it's like this this is a it's I I thought the monster really accurately portrayed this addiction in a blunt way that you don't mm. like it was very blunt it's like I was sad and now I'm stoned <laughs> and I almost got hit by a truck and it's okay I'm invincible I think it was a victory but it's not happening he doesn't have what he wants and it's frustrating because he's six years old yeah like we know that the episode for us it's been a long time for the listener hasn't but um the last time we saw uh elliot took over for three seconds say i'm alive do you think he felt that elliot was awake and he's trying to drown him down i was actually actually i that was that was not my my initial thought was Elliot's awake and he's getting some of Elliot's tendencies. Mm. Or because, is it the body itself? Yeah, because how does the monster even know about tequila? Yeah, he shouldn't know about he, tequila. Who taught him that? <laughs> I want to have a talk with their mother. But I don't know if you saw uh, when he's at the museum, when he arrived, Quentin is unable to look at him at all. Since he, he knows that Elliot's alive. He's not and able to look at him because he wants to see Elliot in him. Yeah, and yeah. It's not, but it is. But it's not. But he's in there, and he's going to be searched. Like he knows if he looks at him, he's going to be like trying to find any trace of Elliot, which is unfortunate because this is the most Elliot the monster has been. Yeah. If you want to see Elliot. Stumbling around going, oh, I'm well, season not. Season one Elliot. Season one Elliot. 
oh, I'm not helpful like this. <laughs> yeah, and you realize. It really reminded me of um, actually an episode in season one. It was the one where with the Margolem. Mm-hmm. When El- when Margo's like, what did you take? I don't know. Some pink, some blue. And she, it's like, I, I was there to have you as a backup, not to like drag you, drag me down. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, I also love that he was like, oh, you have question about ancient Egyptian. You're so weak. Let's I'm gonna re- bring one. But I also love that there's this unresolved like. Julia is looking at the mummy and you can see like the, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And she's like, I'm leaving here. Bye. And she leaves. It's one of my favorite moments in the whole show. Julia's face says, oh, you know, I'm prepared for a lot of situations in life. I'm prepared for a lot of weird shit that happens. This, nothing in my life has led to this moment. I (laughs) had no way to prepare for it. And I love, I love her little bye to the mummy. Bye. And they like both shuffled. <laughs> but uh, funny enough, I don't know if you knew that trivia, the actor that played the mummy, um, he couldn't really move because so the, he, he was on a scooter, like on a, how do you call that, a hoverboard? Oh my God. So imagine now a mummy with a Starbucks uh, latte and a straw on a hoverboard. And a backward Supreme hat. Yeah, that was him on the set. And I just, I wish, I wish I still yeah that mummy's a chad and i i think that now that uh that's his life he's just hanging out in the museum on the hoverboard and i think he's ripping up the skate park (laughs) but no i do do love how how uh the monster's like he you know the drunk girl at a party who's like i love you you're so pretty are you i'm that drunk girl at a I love you. <laughs> That's kind of what the monster reminded me of. He's like, oh, I can do this. Here's a mummy. Look, I made it better. And then you're like, no, you didn't. Um, and, and then you, um, and then they, they, they leave and Quentin and Julia are trying to figure it out. And monster arrived trying to find pills or something to get high. And basically Quentin say, fuck you. You can kill me, but you are not entitled to Elliot's body. The part that got me wasn't... Because there, there was this whole big thing where Quentin's like, you can kill me, I don't care. That wasn't the part that got me so much as when Quentin straight up said, I will abandon you. Yeah. And he used those words, I will abandon you. He knows. And that you could see the fear and hurt Mm -hmm. just oh no i'll be alone again yeah exactly you don't have to be a baby about it but that's the thing i think i I think it's quentin kind of like reclaiming the power in the dynamic he's using what he has at his disposal which is a is a huge for quentin yeah, it, it, like uh, uh, beginning of the season, Quentin couldn't do that. No, this is he is. Goddamn, when someone he loves is in is in trouble, he will step up, and it's almost scary how much he's willing to lose. But that's the thing. I don't know. Um, for me, what what got me this time, it was Julia. 
she looked at you with fear of a woman that's of a, of, of a person that saw him having suicidal tendency. I, I wrote this down because her fear and um, fear and hurt reflected the monsters. Oh my god. Because when the monster's like, oh, you'll abandon me, and Julia's like, I understand that you love Elliot, but I need you too. Yeah. And that kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that. And I, I just think that Julia has seen Quentin destructive and is the first time that destructive. And I don't think she's ever been able to help. I don't think he's ever let her help him. Yeah. I mean, he, in first season, he, he was in the hospital. like, But he lived with Julia and uh, James. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was some guilt in Julia that she wasn't able to help Quentin. Mm-hmm. And seeing him willing to self-destruct like this is just going to take her back to that feeling useless yeah that we saw at the beginning of the episode yeah mm-hmm. um yeah that's what i had about them i think i think the the whole the whole episode for them entitled men was what am i entitled as like julia what am i entitled as a person without power quentin is like why am i entitled as trying to fight for my friend and the monster realizing that he's not entitled to Elliot's body and to Quentin's friendship. Yeah, and, and it has condition. Yeah. That and I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. Quentin's willingness to lose everything for Elliot disregarding the everyone else around him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to phrase it, but there's a sentence there. Yeah. Finish it at home and tweet it at us. You guys uh, know what I mean. <laughs> you don't. I'm sorry. I don't either. Um, well, let's go to Fillory because that's the second smallest plot of the, the episode where we saw the, we see the Atros flower, which is the flower that rendered the uh, speaking animal uh, speechless. Raph is not okay. No, he needs a hug. He needs a hug, a cup of tea, maybe a friend, like. But uh, I, I, I realize, like, because uh, basically Margot is like, uh, "What's my birthright? You lizard, lizard shit!" But like, this lizard is the entitled, like, is the embodiment of entitlement in a box. Yeah. And yet Margot is not able to get it. And She's are... entitled to it. Are we entitled to know our birthright? Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, she is unable to get it because of outside factor that she has no control on. God, what a mood. (laughs) (laughs) And like, um, Margot is like, oh my God, uh, what's this going to do like for for me, for my bird, right? And meanwhile, Justin is like, oh my God, the bunnies. We we can't talk to the outside world. Exactly. And then what about my rosemary plant? Exactly. But like, you talk about, think, uh, bigger than the problem ahead, and I think that's something that just will bring over and over in the in the into Margot's reign. Margot is in a position right now where she is, for the first time in a long time, Margot alone. It's Margot. Mm-hmm. It's been Margot and Elliot. 
-hmm. and now she's Margot, and she has to figure out how to be just Margot. Well, here's this birthright lizard. Shit, I've got a birthright. That'll tell me how to be Margot without Elliot. Mm. So I, th I think it's for her, it's it kind of reminds me of when I was like trying to refine my, my personality and who mm -hmm. I was. It's this is the thing that's going to help bring me together. Yeah. But the, 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 I. <laughs> I have a big problem with Margot refusing to say Coswell correctly. I know she thinks it's a power move, but that it's makes kind it of racist. But I know it's a power move. She tried to gain control doing that, but she has a weakness. It does because she's not. She's not even taking their power. It's just kind of offensive. Yeah, she's just like I. You like. I don't care about you, and um, we're we're gonna fast forward, and th there's the tea party with. Oh, I do uh, like. Guys. I did like um when when Raph was describing the queen, and Margot's like, "Are you saying she's a bitch?" Good thing I'm not. <laughs> and everyone's like, eh. <laughs> but um, uh, so Lady mm. Pike, is, like like Lady Pike is like, where is uh where oh, where is Coswell? Oh. Yes, go ahead. Wait. Before that, they were, it was, they went, they were, we skipped forward and it was Finn, Margo, and Josh talking, wasn't it? No, or that's after. That's right after. Because it starts with Finn and Margo being at a tea party. Oh, okay, I know where we're at now. Sorry, okay. I was thinking of the, I was thinking of the alpaca milk. Okay, no, not there I yet. I hated that. Um... Uh, um, there are so many tea parties in this episode. So, Fen why is Fen at the tea party? She has no use or she has no, like, she's not necessary. This is my emotional support, Fen. <laughs> I need one. Margot needs her emotional I, I, okay, so, um, just looking ahead at the dinner that happens later, mm -hmm. Margot has Josh talking to her in her ear. Margot mm -hmm. can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. Margot can't play nice. Yeah. And that that's the thing. And I think, like, she even, like, even in front of Lady Pike, she refused to say Coswell. And, yeah. and I think, like, we say, oh, Lady Pike's a bitch. In that, I'm I'm sorry, but I would be offended. Yeah, she's entitled to be offended because you're like, okay, so the person who ruled me doesn't even know where I live. You know what it really reminds me of? And I think earlier I said it's racist and I realized why. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm Zuni. I'm Native American Zuni. And there was some guy who kept calling me other tribe names. He'd be like, oh, well, you're like Blackhawk or you're, you're Cherokee. I'm like, you know I'm Zuni. And he's like, well, they're all the same. I'm like, they are very different. Oh my we god! We don't never have skinwalkers. I know because I saw one, and my dad's like, "Nope, that's Navajo. We don't fucks with that." <laughs> um, but but that, I, I, I think that's why it bothered me so much is because it just reminded me of when people purposely ignore my culture and where I come from and my tribe and they're like it doesn't matter it's not well, like that's it the matters thing. exactly and you can see like Fen kind of dying inside the whole time because she's like I've been putting so much effort to represent you 
and you arrive and you fucked it over the first time you meet someone. Finn has tried. Finn has tried so, and Finn later says, "You know, I thought, what would Margot do?" Finn has looked up to Margot a lot through the series, and she's grown a lot, and she's near a breaking point with her. She's realized Margot's not always right in a way, and it's. It, I don't like. You know that moment when you're a kid and you're like. I, I know not everyone can relate and whatever, but a lot of the time when you're a kid, you're like, my parents know everything. Yeah. And then you get old and you're like, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, my parents don't know it. And it's kind of, yeah. there's a panic in it. And I feel yeah. like Finn is almost going through that with Margot. Mm, I like that. Because she was very sheltered and Margot really helped her be like, I'm Finn, and fuck you, because I'm Finn. Yeah, sp- speaking of of, um, of her, it, during uh, the whole time she was acting king, Finn was wearing pants. Yes. And, okay. and in this episode, Mar- she gave back Margot's run, she wears a dress. So she, she's trying to, like, go back to where the Finn she was before she, she not she knew power, but she understood the crown. And understood what it means. And now that she had it, and she's looking at Margot, she's like, that's not what you do. Exactly. She's, And she can't go back to how she was. She can't go no. back to be to blindly supporting the, the High King. Because she's been in that position. And it's like, she understands how hard it is, but also... Oh, Margot doesn't care about it. Yeah, Margot doesn't care about anything directly outside of Fillory. And she's and, really never cared about anything directly outside of Fillory. But the thing is, like, and Mark, uh, Finn talks about the Civil War in, in Loria. And what she said, what will Margot and Elliot, Elliot do? do? Support Idri. And I think um, that kind of irks Margot a bit. Oh, this whole thing irks Margot. Every time yeah. Elliot's mentioned, yeah. it chips. Oh, you can see it chipping her armor, her armor. away. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, a couple of episodes ago, Ned soon is going to be hold that glossy armor. Well, um, first she asks, what would Margot do to support Idri? And then she says, then, you know, I thought, what would Elliot do? And before she can even say what Elliot would do, yeah. Margot's like, Elliot's not here. Because- but the thing is... Yeah, and the thing is, Margaret is like, "Oh, I'm gonna, uh, I, I know what I'm gonna do." Instead, she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, bombard her and get her, um, her beats, but I'm boom, but I fuck her." Because and diplomacy Mar- was Elliot's thing. But Margot is so ready to back to war because she feel entitled to those beats. Well, they're not hers. They're not. You have to be nice to get things. That, that, that's the thing I, I think she don't understand is that even if you're a, a king you still have diplomacy with the like the subordinate you know yeah and and it, especially in a, a kingdom as weak as Fillory where like power shift a lot yeah um is it me or um Lady Pike would fit in Game of Thrones I've never seen Game of Thrones so I'm gonna assume you're right. I tried. I tried to watch it, and uh, no one get mad at me. I tried to watch it, and I was just so bored. 
I like it because it's politics, but with fancy That's clothes. why I was born. I hate politics. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I just I just found uh, amazing how Margot is, uh, like, she knows the problem war created, and yet... And then we're... we're but we're, we're talking about Margot being entitled to all of these things, and then is Margot switches over talking to Josh, and she's like, I got elected on accident. Like... Mm-hmm. I got, it was a fluke. I don't, they didn't, they don't want me. I got elected on a complete fluke. It was an accident, whatever. Not understanding like, that her, her on like the saying of whatever you do, what you want is what she is. Yeah. It's she, not an accident. She's confusing diplomacy with giving up what you believe in because Margot's diplomacy was, if you want to fuck animals, fuck animals. I don't care what you do. Exactly. And she's thinking now that she's got to control people almost. Yeah, I, I, and you were saying how Margot and diplomacy is not together. Uh, let's talk about the dinner that she has after. And the whole thing is just honestly one cringing moment. I hate that moment because it's just so bad. And- she's trying, you can see her trying. So you can see it hurting her to try. But the thing is, why is Lady Pike then willing to talk? Because it shows. I, I think I think she can see. By the way, I just love Josh in this whole scene. I just love Josh understanding people through food. Like, yeah, it's a bit... it, it explains a lot about Josh, like why yeah. he cooks for people. I understand people mm-hmm. through this one element similar to mm-hmm. Quentin but it's it's almost like she can Margot's not acting well she's not pulling this off seamlessly yeah. and gracefully like this is who I am as a person she's pulling this off as I am trying so fucking hard and I think Lady Pike can look at her and, and see Oh, this is hard for you. You're actually putting forth effort. You're okay. trying. So let me. If you're trying, I'll try. Okay. Okay. I like that. But and yet at the end, what what really annoys me is there. It could have been a growth moment for Margot, but then violence won again. Well, what and happened? I, oh, go sorry. Is, go on. No, it's it's just talking about Elliot. Yeah. I also and, love Josh gassing her up me like you're a champion, you're great, you're wonderful, yeah. which is helping. And then he's like, you're out Elliotting Elliot, because he's trying to build her up and say nice things. Yeah, and he just sometimes you try to compliment somebody, and it goes the wrong way. But I, yeah. I was like, is it self sabotage? And I wasn't sure. And we go to the next next um, uh, place with them, which is. Margot being fucking ruthless to him. And I think it's not just self-sabotaging, it's Margot self-sabotaging herself. Margot's afraid. And she needed her Mar- roots in. When Margot's afraid, she starts fires. When Margot's afraid, she destroys what's around her so that if there's nothing around you, there's nothing to be afraid of. But that's it. We, we, we learn later in... Um, uh, the Margot Desert episode that she was taught by her dad that she was entitled to everything. Yeah. Uh, in a good way. 
but the thing is i don't think she thinks she's entitled to just love that's well i think her dad was taught her she's love is what loves things i give you love is presence love is exactly and it was never an emotional connection so you and she's scared by the but what she's feeling with josh so oh i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna use the first excuse that i have which is elliot to be the meanest towards you to push you away i wrote down margo's scared of being happy with josh without elliot Mm. she's afraid if she's happy and i don't know if this is gonna make sense if i'm happy did i love elliot as much as i think i did yeah because how can i be happy without someone that i love yeah not understanding that like you know you can have character growth you can Um... love a lot of people also (laughs) that i didn't mean to hurt you yes you did yeah like don't lie like josh josh knows Margot better than Margot sometimes. I, I, I think that if Margot would have done, I, I like, so I'm sorry, I got super mean because that's my defense mechanism. He would have been, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, but he, instead, she's lying to herself, not to Josh, to herself. Yeah, and that's what bothers him. He's like, the, the, Josh is kind of like, you know, lie to me all you fucking want. I'm Josh, whatever. You can lie to me, but you need to take care of your... I, He's trying to help her take care of herself. Mm-hmm. And when she, he tries, it doesn't go well. No. So, and I, he's not even, he's hurt, but he's not mad at her. Mm-hmm. He's sad for her. Um, we, we talked about um, Femme being the at the party. Do you think that her showing her adequacy as a eye king made Margot see her as a threat, and that's why she's not at the... I just, at this moment. Yep. I can see that. I just thought of that, of how... Why why was Finn not there? And I, I think I answered my own question by... Margot felt threatened by Finn's... logic, or ability to be a high king when she's not she's still figuring things out yeah because finn understands what it's like not to be high king and yeah she understands what it's like to be the person who needs something from the high king yeah so i think she would have done fucking awesome at that dinner yeah because she would have i feel like finn's first question would be what what do you need where you're at yeah. Like, what can we give to you to help you through everything that's happening? Mm-hmm. Not even asking for the for the root thingy outright at first. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, we're gonna have to explore this uh, kind of uh, je- uh, not jealousy, but uh, fear of Ben's capacity with Margot in the later episode because i never saw it but now that i'm seeing it yeah that and margo likes finn like as a person as a as a human she's not really had that with a lot of other people where she's like i like being around you i like hanging out with you Mm -hmm. you're she She held her for two hours uh, when she cried for elliot and she's never we've never seen her really have a friend that was another woman 
Let's say it that way. <laughs> a friend. Yeah. A sex friend. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. They're married. I mean, when you hold someone for two hours, that's called <laughs> cuddling. Um, so we have the two best, the two big, big one, which is Modesto and... Uh, the timeline. Which one do you want to dig into first? Let's go to Modesto because I don't know how. I've got a lot on the timeline. Um, I like that Modesto. Like it's a real place. It's where James Marsters is from. He was Spike on Buffy. <laughs> I never watched Buffy. We're gonna uh... not fix that. It's it's not good in retrospect. Joss Whedon has this okay. thing where he likes to give yeah. women power and then rip it away thing is for people who gasp in shock i had a version of a bad french translation version and i couldn't with the voiceover so i just and i I was not fluent in english at the time my question is why did i grow up with so many canadian tv shows (laughs) yeah you stole the grassy from us no, like, shows that only aired in Canada, and no one from the U.S. knows. I'm like, do you guys remember that show? And all the Canadians are like, yes, I love that show. And Americans are like, what fucking shit are you on? What, what do you mean, goth boy friend with jock werewolf? <gasps> I love that Big one. Wolf on Campus is my favorite show. du campus in French. Um, it has a vor- It has a uh, uh, an impreg episode. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, guys. And the girl that uh, ended up in Twilight, it was the love interest, and it's weird. She was also in Law and Order SVU. <laughs> so uh, for our Canadian podcast, it's gonna be at no. <laughs> no um, I want someone to, to dub over my voice in French. <laughs> Uh, so in Mod- in Modesto, Ma- Magic sent Alice to Modesto via the World Book, but she and she trusted it blindly. Who sent her there? Magic. Yeah, but magic we know is controlled by gods. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> For those who didn't saw, because uh, you were on audio, Jasper just like. Lean really, really close up on the camera. Leaned said, into my microphone that I don't know how to operate. <laughs> um, I just, I with with this whole arc, I have a lot of questions about magic, so you're going to have to answer more than magic later. I think it was the god of, like, aglets. Yellow like fruit. A, uh, yeah, like a god who does not have anything better to do. He's like, you know what? I'm not a complete fucking dick. I'm not the worst. I'm gonna help somebody. Oh no! Oh no! Why did I help? Choose to help Alice. But I have question about the world book. Like, what is it? Who created it? Where was it? I. Uh, this... Sarah. <laughs> um, but it brought us to, and I'm gonna be bold here to my second favorite side character of the show, Sheila. The first being Zelda. I do love her. I my I adore Sheila. One of my favorite moments though is when Alice first gets there and she compliments the glass bunny. Yes. Because I think of the glass horses and like and and the fir- and Sheila tried to push that saying like it's my mom's but uh, why did she uh, keep she, it? But Sheila's mom will be in this episode. <laughs> 
all over. Yeah, it, it's like the same reason Sheila doesn't smoke inside, even though she owns the house. Yeah. You, know, you keep the glass bunnies. And um, then Alice, uh, she asks, like, what is there to do? And Sheila's like, fuck shit. As someone that uh, lived in the uh, middle of nowhere town. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. The only thing to do here is earthquakes. We had uh, 18. I, my, uh, where I used to live was, uh, I think, the second rate in depression and the first rate of uh, alcoholism. Okay, that's just my body. <laughs> uh, but then she go as this uh, corner store, um, and and she tried to make a connection with the hedge, and the hedge immediately pushed her away, knowing she's she's gonna be this entitled bitch of break bills, which she wasn't. I love this. I love this so much because I don't know. How many people listen to listen to our, our other podcasts with our D&D, but I had a whole character that was based on how classist the Break Bill's magic system is, where you have to have, like, a, a, a college degree to, to get in because it's a graduate program, and it's, it's gross, it's wrong, and I related to him being like, oh, you, you were taught by professionals, so you think you're better than me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm very, um, I'm an autodidact. I, I taught myself everything, most of like what I know how to do. And when but, people are like, "I have a degree in that," fuck off. But the thing, but the thing is, like, you knew that Alice was, without seeing her tattoos, like her non-tattoos, you knew. Like you looked at her and you knew, she's classically trained. Alice accident. She can't help it. She. Yeah. This is how she grew up. But she has this air of. Almost elitism, but... Magic entitlement. Yes. It it (laughs) surrounds her. And I feel like another Hedgewitch wouldn't say nice tattoos. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like what Marina does later, where she just, like, uh, raise up her her, her wrist and and, uh, scratch her neck, but we see the tattoos. That's how they communicate. Yeah, like, oh, me too. Also me. I am also part of... It's like, you know when you're gay and you see another gay person, you're like, also me. Me. Me too. Hi. Uh, we look at each other. Hi. Hey. Me. Me. Do you know? I like that too. It's like when dogs see other dogs. Yeah. But the thing is, I think it's a bit um, the clapback of Elliot and Quentin going in Marina's um, uh, safe house in season one saying, like, yes, I'm from Breakables. I'm classically trained, not like you. Like it's that's how they are. Well, I think it's people who, like Elliot, did, like had magic empowering them, and needing to feel powerful towards other magic user, and yeah. those people are toxic and kind of like broke the possible relationship between hedges and magician that then later we're gonna see Katie try to bridge. But this I think... all fits in with my Marina head cannon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and and in this episode and the whole like time it era, we always say, "Oh, Sheila was there for Alice." I think Alice was there yeah. for Sheila too. I think they both needed each other in this exact time because we know that Sheila needs to know what she's looking for in order to find it. Because the moment, and I understand that because uh, 
she's offering tea to Alice while she's listening to a video of the Reverend saying, uh, we need the uh, money for this leukemia patient. Yeah. And then she goes take a smoke and find the money. But like, it wasn't in her plan. And I think it was just because she heard of it and then her magic like clicked off. She, and this, this is the thing, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, where did I write it down at? Anyway, I wrote it down somewhere. The first thing Sheila wants to do when Alice purifies the water, the first thing Sheila wants to do is help everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go back to that moment because it's really powerful for Alice, I think. Uh, but what she says, like she, uh, she explained to Alice, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not really, pre- uh, like, I don't believe in God, but the, 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 the church was there for me. So I'm going as an act of thanks, which I think is really humbling. She doesn't believe in God, but she believes in community. Exactly. And I think it's beautiful of Alice saying, like, you, you don't have to believe in a higher power, which is magic, to trust people. Yeah. And that are within this thing. And honestly, your higher power or whatever can be your community. Yeah. Or it can be what your community is around, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then she's, she's super open about being on probation. And I had a question because a lot of people will maybe hide this part of them. She's... And yet she thinks that Alice is entitled to get this knowledge. And I was wondering what you think about that. It, it's actually really interesting because I, I did notice she was very upfront and blunt with Alice. Mm-hmm. And then later... Um, when Alice is, is talking about Sheila having magic, Alice is talking about Alice is blunt and upfront. She's just like, "Here's oh, what I know. Right. Here's how I know it." She doesn't like do this thing where she's kind of beating around the bush and trying to make it softer. She's like, "Here's what I know. Here's how I know it." And and she knows that Sheila needs a proof. Yeah, so I think she's gonna Sheila being so upfront and honest with Alice. Alice is like, "This is how we talk as people." Mm-hmm. There's there's something about Sheila. I, I gave myself a feels when I thought about it. So Sheila's power just arrived. So technically they arrived when the back door to magic was open. So your powers can come at any time. What if, okay, if this back door to magic open another kind of magic? Because l- l- hear me out, okay? Oh listen. Basically <laughs> basically we're both like getting ready. Okay, basically, um, the god said some people are entitled to magic some aren't and some have a bit of magic but not enough to say that they're magician or hedges what if prometheus who loved humans said if you open the back door to magic those who are not entitled to magic as per god's law are now so technically they 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 gave uh, she liked her magic. That's what, like the the questers, and Alice saw maybe uh, Alice is with someone that she tried she could have destroyed. Like she tried to destroy that back door to magic. Yeah. And Alice is with someone that see, see that's why the back door to magic existed. It's for people like Sheila. You understand why I love Sheila now, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Sometimes Cat will say things, and. 
Um, we really need to at some point make this a visual podcast because sometimes Cat <laughs> will say things and I just have to like sit back and take it in and my body's like, I, I, this is new information and we need three business days to process <laughs> it. I, I just thought about it this morning and I, I kind of like stopped the, 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 the episode and I wrote it down and I had to like sit down and think for a good minute of like, this is a new magic they have. And that's why like when they're going to have surges, they don't, they're not able to quite like, they quite don't understand the new magic they have. Because they can't track it because it's, it's shiny and new. Exactly, because it's a magic that Prometheus gave them and not the old magic that old gods gave them. Prometheus out here like, I'm gonna fuck up y'all's day. Well, we, we know that he gave fire to human, as per. Yes. And so, I mean, I think it's this idea that he gave a place to Sheila around the fire. I, I was thinking fire is, is a life-saving resource. Mm-hmm. It's something we, and Sheila is going to use magic in the same way. Mm-hmm. No, hold on. I have a better analogy. Somewhere in here. Something about fire being able to destroy things and keep people alive. But like I said, I need three well, business days I'm to gonna, process. I'm going to go back to that. With um, Alice was born in magic, so she was always entitled to it. And she saw the destruction it can have, which is the fire destructing thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sheila was just saying, hey, come to the fire as she was like kind of grasping in the dark, trying to find who she was back from prison. And and this... she see magic as a blessing. And there's this beautiful moment because I, I, I have something about this where there's this absolutely beautiful moment. And Every part of this episode is my favorite part of this episode. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say that 20 times. Mm-hmm. Um, no one call me out. This whole episode is my favorite part. Uh, but my favorite part of this episode is Alice has been afraid of magic for since she was an infant. Um, even before. Even before, yeah. The but especially Charlie. Yeah. She's, magic has taken everything from her. Yeah, and then she sits down and teaches Popper number one to Sheila, and I had to pause the episode and just kind of because it it's so beautiful. She's seeing magic begin and bloom again as this this new almost new thing to her. Mm-hmm. But then I, I had this question of like basically Alice is like, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the library. Don't trust her. Sheila's like, okay, I'm gonna trust you. Not not trusting them because what's happening and then um she said that beautiful thing that's what we made of it like uh, it's just uh, we're gonna come back to that but then uh she say we're gonna have this exchange alice but outside because i need to smoke and there's this whole thing about it's my mom rule and then this make alice change her mind and i'm not sure to understand why change your mind about about what here. Uh, making her teaching her magic <laughs> i think with okay i'm going back to the bunnies okay the glass bunnies reminded alice of the glass horses mm-hmm. the way that sheila still follows her mom's rule it doesn't make alice think of her mom it makes alice think of charlie <gasps> sheila still respects what her mom taught her 
and the person who taught Alice that she respects is Charlie. Mm, I like that. And that's part of why the glass bunnies are so important to me. <laughs> no, I, 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 there, there's this beautiful thing where Alice, after that, Alice is a, is like, I'm not uh, like, oh, take a break, uh, uh, take a break. And she's like, you're, you're scared of, oh, and I am, do you? And she's like, yeah, magic is the problem. And she says, it's easy to blame magic, drug, alcohol for your problem, but it's how you handle it. <sighs> that's so... that, that and Alice. Just that's Alice. Back, yeah, that's Alice. <laughs> something that I feel also obviously the the, the um, you know what she said is is incredible growth. But the biggest growth to me to like is when she says take a break, because Alice didn't take breaks. <sighs> like in no, season one when she's learning the spell for the beast, she didn't stop. Alice yeah. doesn't stop. She will do when she's in the library. She just, she did. She did constantly. She does and she goes until she physically cannot anymore. Mm-hmm. So for Alice to say, take a break and recognize that that's something people need to do is. Yeah, and not seeing it as a weakness, but just as something human. Human, exactly. And I I think, um, like, Alice show Sheila how to clean water and say, oh, it's a super easy spell. I'm going to show you how you can do it. And Sheila's first reaction is to take the, the water and say, do it for the whole city. Whole and that's what I mean b- b- between Alice being entitled to magic and Sheila not. Alice saying, oh, there's a problem here. I'm going to fix it. Sheila is like, Oh, can I fix it? Everything. Alice is saying, it's like, Alice has a problem. Let me fix Alice's problem. Alice's problem is bigger than Alice. Mm -hmm. And Sheila's like, this isn't just my problem. This is every, we have to fix this for everyone. Yeah. And Alice is like, I don't know everyone. Why do I care about them? (laughs) Yeah. Um, That and her worry about relying on magic. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The difference between Sheila finding she has magic and Quentin and Julia finding they have magic oh, in season one. What is Sheila it? didn't go crazy? No, she saw some shit. At, at Quentin and Julia find it at a moment where they were um, defining themselves as 20-ish people. Yeah, and you should never have anything in your mid-20s. And, you will destroy it. And the thing is, uh, Alice says beautifully, all magic doesn't, does not create a problem. It amplify it. Make it bigger. And I think that's what the difference is. Sheila did all her crazy bullshit. Yeah, Sheila's already fucked up her life. Like, and, she doesn't and, need and, magic and, to help her with that. And she's, trying, and she's trying to heal, exactly. And meanwhile... I think that's that. That's their big difference. It's, it's the, the the magic age. doesn't define her the way it defines oh, Quentin and Julia. Exactly. They find magic. And they're like, this is a part of me in my entire life now. Just like I found the magicians, and it's my entire life now. Yeah, exactly. Like even like when she learned that there's a, a school, she's like, shut up. <laughs> wow, y'all got everything. But uh, and then. Uh, Alice gonna use the library weakness, uh, which is the broken pipe, 
against the library, but for the first time, it's for someone. It's not for Alice. And who is doing it for themselves is the Hedge Witches, which this attempt will start the Reese mark. The Hedge Witches deserve it. Yep. <laughs> you know what? Not all of them. Not all of them. But I think what the Hedge Witches did is the danger of magic. I think part of the danger of magic is for someone to have it and not be able to use it. To know they have this resource, but not be able to, to access it. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the classist system of Breakbell's yep. University. But that's, that's, that's the thing, like, even uh, at the end, uh, when they fix the pipe, she left, like, that's, let's go for a drink. And I was like, oh, shit, we know she has an alcohol problem. And she grabbed water. And I think this is the, the, the like, this purifying moment for both of them of, like, Sheila won't go back in her bad shit and Alice is learning also a good magic is via this this water connection. I love that. And then we see Happy Alice! Uh, That's my my favorite part of this episode. (laughs) It's it's the last last, uh, last sequence of the show which is Alice just sitting down on 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 the grass and looking at Children being happy because of her. She's taking a break. Oh my god! <laughs> and she's... Yeah. She's... It's not even that, just that she's, like, taking a break. She's looking at something... Alice has done a lot of things. Yeah. And she's never really taken the time to... Celebrate. Look at what she's done, even. Yeah. Exactly. Killing the beast. She never got to see what her magic can do she's never taken the time or had the opportunity to see what her magic does so to fix this water and see it bring joy and just sit there and smile and see the beauty of what she can make it's like um that's something that i'm learning but i'm learning to accept compliment i have the reflex of saying no and like pushing it away like when people say to alice you're good at magic. Yeah, but I could do better. I'm just like, and I think that's what Alice is learning right now. I'm going to, I'm going to accept happiness in my life. But I have right now, I have to practice myself. So I'm going to sit down and we know that she's going to hit the fat for Alice soon. But I'm happy that she had this moment. She needed this. She really, she really needed this. And also, this is the first person who's been nice to her. Like, this is the first person who hasn't judged her because she didn't she didn't care about her past yeah exactly alice could have told her you know this is what i did with my past and she'd be like "Mm, yeah sometimes that will happen maybe not the niffin thing but like yeah that will happen everyone else has her her family her friends people around her they judged her based on what she's done which hasn't allowed her to grow and what are they all entitled to magic yeah she hasn't been allowed to grow past her mistakes because she's constantly reminded of them so to see someone i think seeing sheila who's like i fucked up a whole big bunch and it went to prison and uh anyway here i am it's being able to see her and be like, she's alive and doing stuff and she fucked up. I just up. realized that technically Alice went to prison too. 
she did. Hmm. Huh. So maybe maybe Alice see what she could become in Sheila. I'm allowed to grow past my mistakes. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be Sheila. When I grow up, I want to be a talking bunny. <laughs> they don't have to pay taxes. Um, and now let's go to uh, the, the, the whole Penny, Marina, and Stoppard. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. I'm going on a journey. <laughs> um, so it starts with... Okay, I'm gonna... Before we start with recapping what happened i want to put it here do you think stopper's action to kidnap uh penny and marina and force them away was he entitled to it i think i think i would have done the exact same thing you would have kidnapped them yes i think i i think if i'm like this will save my mother, I would do it. Mm. Uh, I'm just wondering, because uh, later on, when Penny realized why Stopper did it, he feels bad, and I think if Stopper would have talked about it, he would have left. The reason I say I would do it is because it is an irrational moment. <laughs> That's fair. But the, the thing is, some it, it's so okay to have a rational moment sometimes oh yeah and let's be real here marina will never have left anyway yeah but we we i have a lot on that like um on i like that their prices was a 500 dollars in a magic the gathering card the first note i have written down mm-hmm. my very first note is a poly relationship with penny and marina good soft boyfriend and murder wife <laughs> so uh this is part of why it's my favorite episode these are my two favorite character i am a i'm a penny bitch i am a i am a marina study i love them interacting i also love how um marina becomes sh- a sharp focus when it's time like you say like it's not personal and say the Putting people the in case is always personal, but it's not like mean. It's a reality. Like she's yeah, not. She's she, she's not laughing at at him at a, at what he is. No, she's, she's la- pointing it out. She's just uh, she's just pointing his logic flaws. Yeah. But like we know uh, how she can be, where she's gonna attack the weakness of someone. But it's not that in that. So here's here's like the the first thing when when it when it opens. You know, Penny's there, Marina's there, Marina's been there a while mm-hmm. marina's been there a lot longer than penny has she's wearing her outfit from bad news bear she has been alone in this cage not knowing what's going on for, for days two, two three episodes yeah, yeah. and then she, no one's look she knows no one's looking for her too well maybe her girlfriend no her girlfriend's not looking for her girlfriend doesn't know her yet like in her that timeline no, she said that my girlfriend will be mad if I'm not back by for her birthday. But I think she was lying there. I think okay. she's. I think I have some feelings on this. Yeah, she, we're gonna talk about it. Later. Yeah, but she's um, got to have someone from her original timeline show up. I think that brings her a sense of comfort. 
Mm. She know how to handle this. Yeah, I, I think she's scared in this. I that's. Well, I I think Marina has the toughest when she's the the more scared. Well, here, here remember how we were talking about um, Quentin going to X Men to comfort Julia. Yeah. Fantasy is used as a comforting reference, mm-hmm. and Marina references Magic the Gathering to Penny. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I. It's a funny moment, but I also think in the overall view of the show, it says a lot in that one line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we think how um, mag- like this idea of like muggle not being entitled to magic, um, Penny say like, what, Magic the Gathering is some magical thing? And she's like, no, it's just Magic it's, the Gathering. It's just a game. P- Penny's like, it's real? No, honey, Yu Gi Oh is not real either. Oh, I'm gonna have. I got bad news about Pokemon. <laughs> uh, th- then they sent they uh, Stoppard sent them to time to timeline twenty three, but he went there with them without knowing what timeline twenty three was. Oh shit! Yeah, the, the... Stoppard is supposed to be smart. <laughs> I'm gonna get Casey roll on this podcast if it's the last thing I do. The the when Stoffer mentions sending them to timeline twenty three, she panics. There's absolute fear and mm-hmm. trauma. That's where she lost everything and everyone. Yeah, and everyone. And I think that's part of why she goes back to her girlfriend. Mm. Well, yeah, because uh, basically what happened is the uh, magic doesn't work there, so Penny can. Penny Punch! And Penny Punch Stoppard, and then they think... Yep, Penny Punch, punch. uh, yeah, it's written uh, red red on the paper. Um, And they take the the machine that Stoppard take, and they travel, but they don't know how the machine works, because Marina bullshit her way out of the cage, which is really a Marina way to handle things. This is my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) Number Um, five? Remember, we're up to five. Uh, Penny's like, you're a psycho and a compulsive liar. And she's like, yeah, but I know how to use this. And he's like, oh, okay. Wait, you don't know how to use that? Yeah, you really should have trusted your instincts. Yeah. Immediately proving him right? I think he wanted her to be around. I'm... Penny's, uh, Penny know what it is to lose people. I don't think he will have abandoned her there. He's just, he's kind of almost doing what Margot's doing in a way, and it it bothers me because it, it's not typical of Penny to just be mean to someone and be like, you're a sociopath, you're a psycho, I don't like you. That's that's quite one thing, he said that a lot, but um, I think he was, he, he felt okay to left, leave in the case because Stopper was there, and at the end of the episode, he's waiting for Stopper to come back. Well, I, I, was, I was thinking, because like, Penny sees the best in people to a fault. Yeah. It, Especially it's, 23. it's literally killed him. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if he's saying that because he senses Marina is afraid in this moment. And he's like, kind of like how Josh was with uh, Margot, where he's like, you're a champion, you're great. Instead of saying that to her, he's like, you're a psycho, you're a sociopath, you're crazy. She's like, you know what? Yes, I am. I'm not afraid. I'm a psycho. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, if that makes sense. Um, 
and they're 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 torn in timeline 17 which is where muggle no magic and it's all uh regulated and people are arrested for it and i want to know what happened there do you know what it looked like every time i see it visually it reminds me of district 13 Oh my god, you're right. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, that's District 13. They play in so the they, Hunger Games. So, Timeline 17 is the Hunger Games timeline. I have a whole fanfic about that. Now, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Mar- Mar- Marina is like, oh, I have to get to go fast. Uh, we have to do fast because I want to go back to my girlfriend. And Penny's like, wait, there's someone that cares about you and they care about And she's like, yeah, fuck you. The- and I messed up so bad in Timeline 23 that I know what to do in timeline 40. Is she entitled to do that to that girl? I don't think so. Here's the thing that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't even think it's Marina's trying okay, look, listen, y'all. I love Marina so much and I'm going to say some crazy shit. <laughs> I think she's trying to fix herself, and we know in season five her girlfriend is a bad person. I don't like her. She's mean. We're gonna talk about it in season she's five. She's mean. I don't like her. We're gonna talk about it in season five. I, f- I feel like Marina has. Okay, first of all, she has no one in this timeline. She doesn't have Pete, which makes no sense. She doesn't have her safe house. She doesn't have anyone in this timeline. But her the, the girlfriend that she had in, in timeline 23 is here. And she knows her. And she knows what she likes. And she doesn't want to fuck it up this time. Because if she fucks it up this time, she'll be alone. And also, Marina said, I fucked it up. It's the first time we see her take blame. That's true. My only I hate Anna is, so much. Uh, my only thing is, it's not fair for the person who is lied to. If Marina will arrive to her girlfriend saying, hey, I'm from another timeline. Okay. And we'll try to seduce her via that. But being super upfront with that, I think I will have been okay with it. But we know that Marina lies to her girlfriend. And then her girlfriend cannot trust anything she says. Because it's like, everything you know about me is from timeline 23 me. But also, how believable is it to be like, look, I know we've had our problems, but I'm not me. I'm actually me from a different timeline. Well, I mean, Marina's death was known from a lot of people. She was the top bitch in New York. Is it... Would... If you were Marina's girlfriend and she showed me, she's like, I'm from a different timeline, would you believe that? Would you be like, so you faked your death? No, I would not, not believe it, but I think it was important for Marina to say it. But after that, what Anna does with it, it's Anna's decision. And I, I think it's, un- as, as someone that I've been played to. I understand life, that. And I, I don't disagree I, with uh, you. I don't agree with what Marina does, which is, oh yeah, I can take all my advantage. Let's be real, that's what Penny does with Julia. I actually had that written down. Penny, you're a hypocrite. Uh, yeah, um, because he does that to Julia. <laughs> Um, but I think that it's just, I, th- I don't disagree with you. I do think like, yes, honesty up front, do that. I also think there's this part where it's like, if I fuck it up this time, I lose 
everything. I have no one. This is all I have. I have to do it perfect. And it's not good. It's not ideal. It's bad. But I feel like she's putting so much stake on this that she doesn't even know how to. I think that um, Marina thinks she's entitled to that girl. And that's what bothers me. I can I'm see that. But she I'm entitled to have her as a girlfriend because I know her. And that bothers me. It would. It, it does. But she also mentions that she's going to be better. She wants to be. She wants a. This is a fresh start almost. I don't know. We're going to talk a lot more about Anna when she I comes have, into So the I, think it, I think part of why I have a problem is I've got so many issues with Anna in general. Yeah, like, forget that it's Anna. Like, yeah, I'm trying to separate the two. But I, I, I just think that it's... I understand where Marina comes from, and I agree that Marina is saying, I fucked up and I want to be better. But we know where she's going to go with that mentality, which is bad. I think people do... This is one of those doing bad things for not necessarily bad reasons. It's one of those situations where you're like, it's bad, but you you got a good heart. That's yeah, not what I'm it's trying missing. to say. It, it, it's very complicated. She doesn't, even, she doesn't even want a, a penthouse. She wants... Oh, wait, hold on. I just had something. Well, yeah, I see that. Because we're, we're thinking of her girlfriend as a person. Honey? Let's rethink that line real quick. <laughs> Girlfriends aren't people. Oh my god. Okay. Um Okay, so Penny Penny mentions, you know, you've got that big penthouse, and Murray's like, I don't want it. She wants a safe place. But she say uh it's more trouble than it's worth. Her girlfriend is worth that. Yes. My girlfriend is worth everything, and I'll do whatever it takes for her to love me. I want someone to... I don't think... I I, it's, I I. don't know if she's entitled to love, or if she wants it so desperately at this point that she'll do anything to get it. But that's the thing. I, th <laughs> I think that Marina thinks that she's entitled to what she has in, in 23. But we know with Penny and Julia that... Timeline 23 and Timeline 40 are two different people. Yeah. I have a lot of problem with Penny and Julia. I have so here. many issues with that. They we're never... We're going to go back when, we, when we're there. But, um, yeah. And uh, so... I don't know, I just feel bad for the kid. She's all alone. Penny's got people. He's like... Yeah, but I'm sorry she put that on herself. She's in a whole different timeline. She doesn't know she's, anybody. She's still Marina. Let's be real. But did she put it on herself or did her circumstances lead her to be where she's at? Did she kidnapped Julia and Josh. Sometimes you kidnap <laughs> Julia and Josh. It happens. <laughs> everyone copes differently. I'm not a Marina. Apologize. Apologize. I, I, just, I feel like I've got so much justification and like <laughs> understanding for someone who pushes everyone away. Mm -hmm. Because safe, 
but she, I, I don't know, it's, I've got, she's safe alone, but doesn't want to be alone. Yeah. Um, something that is interesting is, uh, Marina has the, the honestly brilliant idea to go see Stopper's house in Timeline 23, hopefully, you know? Oh, if you hear here, uh, there's a car. Beep, oh, beep, 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 Okay. <laughs> Um, and I, I never noticed that until I watched it, but there's a Star Wars fighter jet in uh, Stoppard's uh, romance place, and I love it. What a nerd. Beautiful. And it has, like, everything is magical, but there's this Star Wars jet. Also, why does Marina know so much about romance? That's, okay, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go back there. Um, so, and that, but the, Marina is kind of, um, Feel entitled to steal from this timeline because whatever it's not mine maria feels entitled to steal from everyone yeah so like well well uh, even like oh Mar marie's about to die here whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it's not my timeline well i mean but, look at her dad who is fog i think she but, grew up thinking stealing is fine but then she talks about my uh, marie kukuno who is stopper's mom and she's in awe. She's obsessed. Her. She is a fangirl. And I, I think that this is Break Bill Marina showing. Yeah. This is this is knowledge Marina. This is Marina Bo talking to Fog about, oh my god, I'm such a nerd and I really love this horror man. This is really tell you all about her. This is uh Sheila discovering magic, Marina. This is the, the beauty of magic. Here. I love that so much. And we like she doesn't even look or talk in such admiration about her girlfriend. She softens when it just talking about this ama amazing magical feat. Just mm -hmm. but and yet she's so ready to kill Stoppard quickly. And Penny like truly feel bad understanding that it's because of them that Mary's dying. Um I wrote down uh, Penny and Marina have very different mom issues. I think Penny relates to Daniel because he feels responsible for what happened with his mom. And he's like, Oh my God, I didn't saw. Yeah. Now that we know what happened to his mom, you're right. We're going to talk that in season five again. And that's why Penny's like, no, we got to save this woman for this boy. Um, there's actually one of my, one of my favorite lines. Um, that I really think shows the difference in what kind of parents they had and like how mm -hmm. Marina says Sonia did this to herself. Marina acknowledged Marina's not taking responsibility for someone else's mistakes. Yeah. And Penny says Daniel shouldn't suffer because he had a shitty mom because Penny suffered because he had a shitty mom. I yep. think and I, I have this question. Do you think that uh, we're going to see Penny 40? So it brought this question of what will be Penny 40 years reaction if she was put in Penny 23's shoes right now? Fuck would he feel... No, but would he feel um, as entitled to to um, Marina to say, I, I deserve this second chance in my, in another timeline and fox stoppered or do you think he will go towards more penny 23 
I think there are some times when Penny's a Penny. And I think Penny looking at this kid and being like, he doesn't have, he shouldn't suffer for something that's not his fault. He, he shouldn't have to lose his family because of forces outside of his control. I can fix it. Hmm. I think you think the trauma is so deep that even 40 yeah 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 but the thing is uh and then they go, they're gonna go see um Sonia in in the past with the window uh, in time and she say oh no I know I'm dying but you're like and I, it works I, I so told important. but and she's entitled honestly to decide when and how she dies yeah but it's not okay because not she's got someone who depends on her the thing is, she knew from the moment Stoppard was younger. Yeah. Which means that not telling her son what she's doing is bad for her is what she's not entitled to. She's entitled to decide how she dies, but she's not entitled to decide how her son feels about it. Yeah. And also by not telling him, it's... it's... Hold on. Words, words, words. Let me back up my brain real quick. She's ignoring responsibility. Mm-hmm. She's, my work's too important. Yeah, that's not all that matters. I think Marina what, could have become like that. Uh, we, I actually have a note because we, we can see that Marina agrees with her. When she mm-hmm. says the work's too important, yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm in love with you. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I think... I think this is the family or, or work dilemma. Also, I liked these little scenes in this in this whole um, season. We can almost kind of piece Marina's past together a little mm-hmm. bit more, just mm-hmm. with how she won't take responsibility for Sonia's mistake and yeah, how she. I just really love that we're getting these little pieces. And um, I want my spinoff. Um, and then uh, we see them struggle with the machine. And Penny sent himself in a place between space, which you're going to go back with Plum in season five. And real hey. quick, because we're about to get to double penetration. <laughs> so we're going to call them. I've ever said, but real, let's call, real <laughs> let's call them 23. And 40. I'm calling them double penetration and no one can stop me. You're too far away. (laughs) Um, When he jumps, because I don't get to talk about Marina for a little while. Marina's alone again. And just that face. She's resigned. Immediately. She's like, well, he is not coming back. I I, I double crossed him. Like, she knows. I fucked up again. I fucked. She's... And this is what I, what I said earlier. She's owning up more to I fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. Um, um, so we're, I'm going to call them 30, 23 and 40 just for uh, I'm not. understanding. Uh, 23 feel really bad to, ha- to have taken 40's place. We, like, and 40 is like, whatever, man. But I, I, I can feel it was what our gin is so fucking good because it 
we see the difference between 40 and 23, but I cannot say what it is. Their whole body language, 40s, oh, 40s. We see their trauma. <laughs> and it's I'll a get completely it. different trauma. Arjun, you're good. Penny 40s trauma is, I died. And Penny 23's trauma is, everyone died. And well, I, I like how... Um, we see, we learn in season five that uh, one of the perks of being a librarian, you learn to read 400 pages in one second. And Penny just opened the, how uh, how the box works, just flips it and understand. And I like this moment of librarian Penny because we don't see that a lot. We don't, and it it's cute. Yeah, like you love his job. It's cute when he's he, Penny is a. Penny, Penny's a dumbass. Yeah, and he gets excited over stupid shit. And there's a part in, I know book Penny and show Penny are completely different. Yep. But one of my favorite parts in the book is during the entrance exam, when Penny just keeps raising his hand to get more water. He's like, I wanted to see how many glasses they'd give me, and they just didn't stop. <laughs> and Penny. It's kind of like, you know how all the characters get excited about magic? Mm -hmm. Penny's more like, this is weird. I like it. But I think the the Penny 40 kind of accepted the weird more. Yeah. He embraced it. He's more opposed. Like like I uh, thought, Penny 40's whole trauma is like, you know, I die. Penny 23's is everyone died. I feel like Penny 23 has more on his shoulders, more weight to carry with that. That's why I don't like when Penny 40 say, uh, I- I'm sorry if you feel bad in your soft little heart. He call him soft because he cares. This is, yeah, Penny talks to Penny the way I talk to me sometimes. You're mean, Penny. And, and... Um, you even say like I'm, it's not my timeline anymore like I'm not entitled to that timeline anymore you are but he's giving him the power of claiming that timeline it's beautiful but it's still I love that and I hate it because it's he's removing himself from the narrative he's... like Eliza and Burn. yeah he's almost that was actually exactly was what I thought as, as I said it I'm like <laughs> Hamilton 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 <laughs> Um, because um, I've watched it for a time. Uh, but I, okay. I feel like so, he's devaluing his importance in that timeline. I think he knows that he needs to erase himself for them to move on. But I feel like there's a part of him that's completely devaluing how important he was yeah. to say, that's not my timeline. But no, it is, is, it mattered. The thing is, he absolutely wants Penny to be in this timeline. And That's I'm, why. The, re- the real reason is you say, you need to be in this timeline because there's something bigger than yourself. But okay. I, I also think Penny 23 is showing how Penny 40 feels almost. Yeah. Penny 23 is more open with his emotions because he's, he's lost and he doesn't... Penny with Julia. Yeah, he doesn't want to waste... He doesn't want to pretend not to have emotions or whatever because he doesn't want to have regrets. Penny 40 is completely different. But the thing is, Penny 40 sends 23 back to his timeline because he said there's something bigger coming, which is Quentin died. 
Yeah. So he's sending Penny 23 there to save Alice. He knows that Quentin will die and he, it's, he's not able to save him. But he sent Penny because he knows at least he's able to save Alice. Why does he say it's crucial? Why does he say they cannot do it without him? I have a note here that says Penny will protect the people he loves no matter what. And Penny knows that about himself. Penny knows that he will protect the people in his life. And I think he knows that crosses timeline barriers. Mm. So in the same sense, he's saying, I wasn't important. It's not my timeline. Maybe he's also saying, I am important. I can help people. Why sending Penny... Why does he say that saving Alice is crucial? Because the bank. Because that's the because o- <laughs> no, but that's the only reason why, um, why Penny is in the mirror realm, right? Ah, yeah. So I just remember that everyone kills themselves in front of Penny. Yeah, it's happened yeah. like three or what, four times. Do, do they need Penny to get, enter the mirror realm? I had a. Really... I don't. I don't remember, but I just feel that Penny knew that Quentin needed to go in the mirror realm to save them from the monster and the sister. My first really stupid fucking thought is they needed Penny there because people kill themselves in front of Penny all the time, so they needed Quentin. They needed Penny there so Quentin could kill himself. Well, like, I, I think that they needed Penny to try cut that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I. But I just. I think at this moment in time, Penny is fully aware that Quentin will die. And part of him is like, I cannot help Quentin anymore, but I might be able to save Alice. If I can save one person. I I, I won't be able to save them both. But if I send 23, I know myself (laughs) enough that he's going to save her. That's what I'm saying when I'm like, he knows he's, he knows he matters. And also he knows that he doesn't have the luxury of hesitation. So he gave him the, when you say do it, do it. Take off brand penny. Exactly. And it's just. uh, Tell Katie I love her and I'm sorry. Who are you fucking penny 40 to say that? Penny 40, come fight me in real life. Well, but honestly, I don't think he's entitled to say that to Katie. Not anymore. No, no he chose. Do you know why he doesn't get to say this to Katie? Mm. Because Katie's moving on. Because Katie's trying to get her shit together. She is trying to move past what happened with Penny. She has relapsed. She has gone through a lot of shit mm-hmm. because Penny died. And to have Penny 40 say, I love you I and love I'm you. sorry, that's fucked up, dude. Yeah. Okay, why um, am I so mad at Penny? <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna leave Penny 40 uh, to go back to Penny um, 23 will bring back Marina with him and they go back on timeline 40 and um, he waits for Stopper to come and instead of just saying hey by the way um, I'm not leaving and I fucked you over he, he waits for him to be to, to understand what Penny did why Penny was felt so entitled to be brutal like that to Stopper 
because he needed it. Explain. Penny had just talked to Penny. Right? <laughs> yeah. And Penny Forty had been brutal with him, which was kind of what made him understand, oh, okay, so mm -hmm. I have to do this. That mm -hmm. blunt, brutal, you gotta. Mm -hmm. So I think Penny 23 kind of took that from Penny 40 and was like, you gotta. Yeah. Also, he took Marina back to his girl, her girlfriend, which... We're gonna talk about yeah. that in season five. No, no, oh, no, I was just thinking, like, he had spent the whole time being like, what you're doing is crazy, that's sociopathic, you're manipulating, blah, 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 and, like, being very well, against also, it. He took well, her also, back. Also, you know that he's not the one to decide at the end. You know? Um... So, that's what I have for notes. Are you ready to go to Lecture Divina? No. <laughs> because, okay. Oh, here's the thing. So much has happened. I don't know who to... No one's entitled to my flower or my vase. Okay, so uh, first we're going to do the Lecture Divina, which is a monastery practice that was used and was a reframe in Harry Potter and the Sacred Text as a way to read a text and get something from it and that we learn to grow and we want to grow from the magician too. So um, I'm going to find a sentence at random in the script and then we're going to go through the four steps. So I'm, I'm scrolling and tell me when to stop. Stop. Look, it's nothing personal. Oh, we Look. did not get very far in the script. <laughs> I was doing up and down, don't worry. Oh, okay. Um, Look, it's nothing personal. So first step is what is literally happening in this moment. Stopper's lying. <laughs> well, Stopper is uh, telling Penny23 that uh, him sending him back to Timeline 40 is nothing personal. You put people in cages, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, <laughs> calm down. Se second step is allegory. What does it remind you? A story that it reminds you? It's nothing personal. Why did my brain just stop working like 10 yeah. minutes ago? <laughs> because you took uh, Adderall. Oh, and it's uh, kicking. It's going to take a minute to kick in. Yeah. Let's just take a, a minute and think. I have mine, but uh, if you need more time, you can. I get, I'm just blank. Okay, I always, I'll, I'll do mine. I always blank at this part because I'm like, I don't. It's okay. I don't know any books anymore. Any stories? Well, uh, I'm gonna talk about. Um, so I've been playing a lot of video game with Seth lately uh, because quarantine no. and and um, we played a video game called. Uh, um, Detroit Becoming Human, which is basically um, robots who were servants gaining uh, a conscious mind and claiming they have rights and stuff. Robot and, rights. Uh, it, it echoes a lot of uh, the, the Black Rebellion and there are even like Black people creating a, 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 a safe passage to Canada, like the, the saying like, my ancestor did this for the Black people, I want to do this for the... But the thing is, uh, there's this detective that works with a, a cop robot that's going to end up um, 
you have the choice of making it divergent or not. But um, he, he really hates him. And he say, uh, it's nothing personal. And the robots say, oh yeah, it's personal. It's because your son died because of a robot. It's okay. But the thing is that, that like, he, instead he wanted, like the, the robot was like, Frank, and he's like, I know there's something. And if we're just frank about it, I'll be okay. But instead of the, the, the cop was telling himself and telling the robot a lie, which made the, their whole dynamic, the whole game super tense. And at the end, you learn why. And, the, and like the reason why his son died, that's because a robot had to perform surgery on his son because the doctor was too high to perform it because now robot do whatever, everything. And, um, and the thing is, it is personal. It is because of a robot that your son died. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it just reminds me of, of this moment of when this is said after that, they, not they go closer as friend, but as human or as people with consciousness of let's acknowledge our trauma and then we're going to move on. This game is so good, guys. <laughs> you still need to play Phoenix right. I'm playing uh, Horizon Dawn, Zero Horizon Dawn right now. It's basically if you are you are a tribe, and but you are also out hunting robots. You'd love it. I, I I'm good at killing with an arrow. Okay, Katniss. Pew, 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 pew. I still can't um, believe you, that the, the timeline 17 is District 13. <laughs> Third step is, uh, what does it remind you in your life? Look, it's nothing personal. Oh, man. That time in high school when one of my best friends stopped talking to me randomly, and I had no idea why, and finally, like, over a break, he, like, I ask him, he's like, oh, it's because this other guy who's my friend really doesn't like you because um, this may come as a shock to some of you, but a lot of people in high school really didn't like me. <laughs> um, but he's like, it's it's nothing personal. It's just that this guy doesn't like you. I'm like, actually, that's well, very personal. Um, yeah. Because you, you're choosing this, this other. So I, I don't matter. Okay. <laughs> um i i think we have the same trauma here um people are mean look it's nothing personal what does it remind me in my life um this is why i hate the mean cheerleader trope i was a cheerleader and everyone was mean to me <laughs> hmm This one is hard. I'm blanking. I, I think I have one in, about your life. Okay, go ahead, because I'm blanking. It, it kind of reminds me of when people used to send a non-hate, and they'd be like, it's nothing personal. It's just all of your opinions and beliefs. Nothing personal, it's like, but I think you're wrong, and you should die. I think you're wrong and a bad person, because I it's like that. nothing personal. No, you're right. I think it, it, it reminds me, but it's all... The thing with this part will, I think, what is gonna lead me to step four, what I feel called for, this part of my life where I got a lot of anon is the part of my life where I decided to be radically kind online. I believe in radical kindness. I really, I believe that answering with love and cultivating it around you makes people grow kinder around you. You know what's funny about that? Mm -hmm. 
when I was coming out of my um, abusive cult trauma, mm -hmm. that became my mindset too. And I feel <laughs> like when it, it just shows when you're in this position where so many people are coming down on you, you know, sometimes you react by going, you know what? Fuck you. I love you. All right, so now it's time for uh, the vase and the flower, which is an expression my grandma used to say, which is you don't give the vase and the flower at the same time. You don't give a back-ended compliment such as um, you're yeah. nice for a woman. Uh, I was just going back to my thought at the beginning that time someone said, wow, you're really pretty. You don't even look native. Oh, my God. First of all, that's because I have albinism. Second of all, yes, I do look at my features. <laughs> um, so uh, let's give the vases. So we're going to end on a good note with flowers. Who do you want to give your vase to? I need to look at my notes. I'm going to give it to uh, the monster to carelessly use his body, Elia's body, just because he can and not caring until someone made him care that's fair also that that now you just made me think when you said some he didn't take care of his body until someone made him care it's very elliot oh my god he didn't take care of himself until he had someone to take care of himself for oh my god so what's your vase I'm gonna give it to Marco. I know mm -hmm. I, I know you're going through a lot, but so many people are trying to help you. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Get help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, your flower, so the kudos of the... Hmm. I want to give it to Sheila. To reminding us why magic is beautiful. Why magic matters. I like that. I want to give it to Penny 23. Okay. Because even though he understood and related to and could empathize with what Stoffer was doing, he understood the bigger picture and he accepted that. Mm-hmm. That was your knuckle. That was my knuckle. I've got to quit doing that. The podcast. I think we should end the podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was my knuckle. I'm a stone